Hello, Empire Builders. You're listening to Business Scale Insights with your host, Kimberly Bonner. And today we are concluding our long, very long (laughs) series on love and money. Business Scale Insights is brought to you by New Day Consulting Systems, a firm dedicated to helping small businesses scale well. Can you believe it, Empire Builders? It is April 10th, 2018. (laughs) And I officially started this episode or this um this uh podcast series in February to talk about Valentine's Day and we are well into April uh which is funny but I warned you guys ahead of time that I am very long-winded and that has come to pass but thankfully we are concluding this very long podcast series on love and money today and we're going to focus on your relationship with things and the last thing is money very 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 important since this is the last and final episode in this very very long podcast series i have to take this time to recap for those of you who are just joining us which is crazy it's cray cray You just missed out on so much. But thankfully, the previous podcast episodes are recorded. And just to make it very clear, so all of us are on the same page, love and money is all about relationships. And I have come up with a framework to discuss this in three areas, relationships with yourself, others, and things. I implore you, please, if you are a small business owner, if you are an entrepreneur, Um, Even if you've been in the game, in this game for 10, 20, 30 years, I implore you to go back and and look at all of the previous episodes because so many people uh, have never been challenged. Uh, And I use that word because I am the consummate challenger. (laughs) If you're familiar with the book, The Challenger Sale, I am the consummate challenger. So I challenge myself and I challenge the people around me to come up to another level. And so to me, that's what those episodes do. They really challenge you to look inside yourself and really analyze what's going on. So um, I really encourage you, please, if this is the first episode that you're listening to, please go back and listen to those first episodes about your relationship with yourself, your belief system. My God, doing the inner work is everything. Because once you deal with the inner work, everything else changes. And the inner work impacts your ability to deal with others effectively. And it also, believe it or not, impacts your ability to deal with things effectively. Today, we're going to talk about your relationship with money and money management. And believe it or not, a lot of our ability to deal with money effectively has almost everything to do with either issues that we're dealing with personally, our mindsets, 
and um, traumas, you'd be you'd be shocked and awed about the motivations and the reasons why people manage money the way they do. Um, managing money from a scarcity mindset as opposed to a non-scarcity mindset. So I say all that to say, if this is your first episode with me, please go back to the previous ones. I can't encourage you enough to do that because it sets the foundation for everything else. And it'll make more sense once you listen to those previous episodes. Thank you. Money, 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 money. Money, 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 money. Money. You guys remember that song? Oh my God. It was actually the same theme song to Apprentice. And it may have gotten Donald Trump elected as president of the United States. That was a phenomenal song that I grew up listening to in, I believe, the 70s. Um, but um, really, that, mo- that money, money, money song <laughs> talks about really how much uh, people will do and how it impacts people's mindset and their actions, how money just, the money motive really, really does impact uh, people's relationships and everything around them. So, thought I would get your attention with my singing prowess. (laughs) But anyway, I wanted to talk to you and leave the best for last about money today because Well, I think, number one, everyone, um, when they think about business and what it takes to be successful, and after all, I have this series called Love and Money, um, so many people think that money is going to be the foundation of a discussion. So how to invest properly and how to manage money properly and all that good stuff. And don't get me wrong. There is such, these are such critical things for you to, to understand and to learn. And I'm going to talk about that in this episode, but I left a discussion uh, about money at the very last because I, I did that on purpose. I did that on purpose. I'm, if you follow me at all, I'm a self-described contrarian. And um, there's a definition of contrarian that talks about, that's affiliated with the stock market. But then there's another definition of contrarian that's really about doing the opposite of what is popular and or popular opinion. And that's been me my whole life. I am totally contrarian, okay? And I see little things that either my peers don't see or my colleagues don't see. I always used to sing that song from um, uh, from Kermit the Frog, It's Not Easy Being Green. I mean, my whole, as my childhood, I was influenced by that Muppet song because I never, I never saw things like everybody else. And I thought I was the weirdest child on the planet. And that may have been true. <laughs> Because I just never saw things the way everybody else saw them. 
And I thought that was like some horrible curse, right? But now I thank God every day because it has saved my life in more ways than one. And so I share my oddity and my weird gift with everyone else today in the sense that I do not believe that the foundation for a great business lies in your capacity to manage money. It's it's important. Don't get me wrong. Good Lord, it's so important. It's important. I know there are people who are like, you know, financial geeks out there and CPA and accountant types and bookkeeper types. And, you know, you think I'm on crack. And that's okay because that's been my entire life. It's been like, that's that's been the theme. What you talk about, Kim? You sound crazy, girl. Um, but I do not believe after over 20 years working in so many different environments and working with different types of people, I am fully persuaded. I am fully persuaded that um, money in and of itself does not build a great business. It's critically important. You need to have a strategy for getting it. You need it. But money in and of itself does does not make a great business. That's why I left the discussion for money about money last. It's important. It's important. So I'm leaving you with a discussion about money, but I did not want it to be the number one um, focus for this series. Because if your mind is messed up, because I've seen this time and time again, if your mind is messed up, you will not have money for a long period of time. Let me say this again. If your mindset is messed up, if you're, if you're truth challenged as a leader, if you are overcompensating for some kind of childhood trauma, if you can't get along with people, you will not have money for a long period of time. You certainly won't have money for more than your lifetime. It'll be very hard for you to create the kind of enduring financial legacy and business legacy that leaves a dent in the universe and and lasts beyond your lifetime. So although money is very important, I put this last for a reason. And being the challenger that I am and being the contrarian that I am, I'm ending our conversation with money because it's important, but it is not first in our kind of conversations that are going to move the ball forward in creating next generation businesses that, like I said, leave a dent in the universe and make um, humanity better, leave the world a better place. I know that is incredibly controversial, but that's okay. I've been living like this for over 40 years now. You're just going to have to get used to me. I love you. There's nothing you can do about it. But, you know, at at some point, you're going to get used to my weirdness.
Okay, Empire Builders, we first start out with the disclaimers. I am not an accountant. I'm not even a numbers person. I grew up in a tribe of numbers people and mathematicians and numbers geeks, so I can say this unequivocally. <laughs> it is so not me. I'm a word gal. I'm a lawyer by training, okay? What I'm about to say is not based upon years as a CFO. It's not based upon years as a CPA. It's based on over 20 years observing big companies, big law firms, big nonprofits function related to money. How they gained money, um, so revenue, developed, generated revenue, how they spent money, their budgeting processes, uh, working with franchise systems, and even individual franchisees. I'm not a number cruncher, okay? I'm not. One of the things that I've observed over the past 20 years, I know I don't even look a day older too, older than two, two, but you know, I've been in the game for 20 years, is that most organizations, for-profit and non-profit, manage their money, their relationship with money, even individuals, their relationships with money are driven by a dirty four-letter word. Can you guess what the, the, what the word is? Any guesses? Any guesses? The word is F-E-A-R, fear. Most individuals, most organizations, most for-profit and non-profit organizations are their approach to money and money management and their relationship with money is driven by fear. Now, pump the brakes. You've got to understand, for me, from a philosophical point of view, love and fear are diametrically opposed. You can't really um, enjoy <laughs> or be sane with or um, uh, be pleased with uh, or have compassion for or passion for that which you are completely and totally afraid of. It is, it is very, very, very difficult to have clarity and objectivity regarding any person, place, or thing. I, and I have to deal with this all the time because I, you know, all of us struggle with fear. Anybody that's telling you, it's lying, they're lying. So when you have the fear boogie monster in the middle of the room and nobody understands it, nobody sees it, nobody understands but that's that thing that's on the back of everybody's neck and they're being dominated by fear, then that will drive Every decision that leaders make, it drives the decisions that managers make. It drives the decisions that uh, staff people make. It is fear, right? And so most people, when they are talking about 
money many times are driven by fear. Oh, what you talking about, Kim? I'm so sick of this damn psycho babble. I'm an accountant. I'm a CPA. I'm a CFO. Girl, you better get out of here with that. You better get out of that, girl. Okay, fine. Fine. And over, over, over dinner or drinks or, you know, a long walk with my dog, I will ask you some clear and clarifying questions about all the organizations you've ever worked for. And we will see some patterns. And many times you can see fear dominating the decision-making process. The number one way you see fear related to money management, fear related to money management in every business or organization is a short-term versus long-term approach to everything, right? And so short-term spending versus long-term spending, short-term planning versus long-term planning. And fear circumvents your ability to, to, like I said, think clearly. But even more than that, fear circumvents your ability to think ethically as well. And so if we're going to have a conversation about love and money, and we're going to conclude this podcast series about money and your relationship with money, the first thing you have to do, in my opinion, is look objectively at yourself, the other people in your organization, and also your the money in your organization, the money in your business, and ask yourself, are we operating from a fear basis? Or are we not operating from a fear basis? And again, I totally understand this is totally contrarian. You know, I get it. And this conversation is not for everyone. This is an, uh, this is an outlier, contrarian, unusual, challenging conversation. It is not for everyone. It is not, and I'm cool with that. But for those of you who have kind of walked a mile in my shoes or had similar experiences where you worked in fear-gripped organizations for fear-gripped managers and fear-gripped leaders and fear-gripped bosses, you understand that that impacts everything, but particularly as it relates to money and money management, fear can be the most crippling um ingredient as it relates to how you're approaching money management for the long-term health of your organization. In the next segment, we'll talk about the basic areas that fear grips elements of money management. But I wanted to put this out there and I know everyone's, oh, Kim, oh, I, I, I can hear all the numbers. People like, oh, Kim, there she goes. There she goes with the psychobabble again. But I've seen this pattern enough to tell you, listen, fear and paranoia jacks up your cash, okay? Okay, Empire Builders, I warned you. I gave you several disclaimers. So if you have stuck with this episode up until this this point, either you're part of my tribe or you just want to stay until the end so you can send me an Instagram. Either way, we're good. But anyway, I told you I'm contrarian. I told you I'm a challenger. And I'm t- I, I've told you I just, I don't see 
the world like everybody else does. Okay. So this is my point of view. So again, what's the point in my opinion of having a podcast that has everybody else's point of view? I have a unique point of view. I've been weird and odd and contrary my whole life. Little did I know it would be perfect for a podcast. Okay. So here we go. Fear. Fear and money management is the quickest way to blow up a business in more ways than one. I'm going to go through the examples right now. Paranoia and fear-based money management um, causes people to do things like um, hoard and not spend. Hoard and not spend. Causes leaders to do things like not spend on critical resources like staff, like marketing, like sales, and my personal favorite, like research and development, R&D, innovation. I'm going to say this again. Fear, as it relates to money management for any organization, for-profit and non-profit, but we're talking about business scale, so let's talk about for-profit. It causes people to be paranoid and not operate with clarity and do things like hoard as opposed to spend on critical resources like staff. Guess what, folks? You can't scale if you have no people. Um, like marketing and sales. How are you going to get new revenue if you don't spend any money on marketing or sales? Uh, R&D, innovation. Everything is changing around us in the marketplace. Technology is constantly disrupting. I cannot tell you how I've seen this happen time and time and time again in so many different types of organizations. When people start getting paranoid and afraid, the first thing they, they start chopping is things like marketing. First thing they stop, start chopping are people. First things they start chopping is R&D. And it's like, as the old folks used to say, cutting your nose to spite your face. No one thinks about taking a personal pay cut. <laughs> no one in the C-suite thinks about maybe I don't get a bonus this week or, or this year. <laughs> Woo! No managing partner thinks that way. But the first thing that's got to go, first thing that's got to go, because we're paranoid... We're not going to cut our, we're not going to freeze our salaries. We're not going to take a pay cut. We're not going to stop getting our bonuses, bless God. But, <laughs> but we're going to shoot ourselves in the foot and we're going to get rid of staff. We're going to get rid of marketing. Who needs them crazy people in business development? And we're certainly going to not, we're, we're done with innovation, peoples. We're just done. I'm so sick of the damn technologies. And you can see those decisions, those fear-based decisions that are, to me, money management decisions, kill companies time and time and time again. It's a short-term view versus a long-term view. And fear always paralyzes and ends up killing companies as it relates to money management. Jeff Bezos 
I think is brilliant in this area. And he also happens to come out of Wall Street, I believe. And he comes out of a fin- from a financial background. And his approach to money management, good Lord, his approach to investing in his company is on another level. And it is not fear-based. It is long-term based. It is so freaking strategic. It is so fearless. When you look at how much money he's spending on R&D, oh my God, oh my God. This man is like, he's like a gangster. (laughs) When it comes to his money management, he is a freaking gangster. When I saw how much he was spending on R&D, I was like, I may not want to, I may not, I may never work for Jeff Bezos, but good Lord, am I learning how to be a gangster, how to be a fearless, like just dominant player of the game, fearless when it comes to money management and investment in his company. He is, he is totally disrupting the game. It is unheard of. You don't see this kind of R&D in a in a in, in uh, investment in a business outside of universities. And even then, you don't see this kind of investment in R&D. So don't take my word for it. Don't take my word for it. Look at someone like Jeff Bezos and his approach to money management and then come then come talk to me. Because a fear-based approach to money management would not double down the way he has in technology and R&D. It it just wouldn't, trust me, it doesn't happen. Just doesn't happen. He's off the Richter scale. And the other area that he's off the Richter scale in is his planning, his his financial planning. Y'all are, so many of you are just stuck in this short-term strategy towards money management. So you're thinking, oh, bless God, what are we doing? What are, what are, what are our financials going to look like in the next 12 to 24 months? You know, he's five to 10 years. He's already got the money. He's already looking at his revenue uh, 10 years from now, where his revenue streams are coming from. He's that far ahead of everyone freaking else. That is a dimension of fearlessness, the likes of which I have honestly, I've never seen. I have never seen. And that's why he's a big dog. That's why he's a big dog. And y'all can laugh at me if you want to. And you can say, <laughs> what are you talking about, girl? You don't know what the hell you're talking about. Well, okay, guess what? You you take a page from Jeff Bezos and then come back to me. And look at how he strategically manages his money and invests back in the company. And then you tell me whether fear and paranoia is dominating him. It may be paranoia in the sense of he doesn't want, he wants to defeat all of the competitors. But it's not fear-based in the sense of I'm afraid to spend because I might not be able to get it back. He's not afraid to lose money. The losses at Amazon are unbelievable. They're unbelievable. He's thinking in a way that I've never seen before and I'm learning and boo boo kitty I suggest you do the same
Okay, so we're gonna talk about the nitty gritty of money management. Hooray, I know all my my bean counters and, and financial numbers people are like, oh, finally she's talking about the real stuff. So uh, anyway, there are a couple of keys if you're going to do anything great and scale your business. Um, if you're in startup mode, or um, if you're in the throes of everything, you really need to have some level of literacy, financial literacy, in a couple, in several areas: budgeting, um, uh, cash flow, and also, um, you know, financial statement development and analysis. Uh, if you don't get that, if you're not comfortable with that, it's going to be very difficult for you to scale your business at all. Okay. Um, as a word person, I have come to love looking at financial statements because financial statements are diagnostics. They're like, they're like x-rays. They're like an MRI. They let me go, since I'm an inner work kind of person, they let me see the heart and the mind of the leadership of the company and the health of the company. So it. Again, I'm not a numbers person, but I've come to love looking at financial statements because they let me know how healthy or not healthy this company is. And they also, believe it or not, tell me whether this company is being driven by fear or, it is, or, it, or if it's being driven by a level of fearlessness or delusion or love. And, and, and so I know that sounds weird, but for someone who's a word person, um, it's important for me to have a narrative. It's important for me to have a story um, for me to get excited about numbers. And so my personal trick, and if you are a, a word person as well and you're a story person, really trick your mind into thinking, oh my God, when I get to look at these numbers and these financial statements, I get to see the story of this company. I get to see where this company has come from and I get to see where this company is going. I get to see the health of this company. I get to see what the health of this company in the future. I get to see the mindset of this company. And I get to see uh, the fears of this company. And I get to see the, the loves and the passions of this company. And I know that sounds weird, but believe it or not, where your money is, is also where your heart is. So I know I spent all this time talking about fear, but a financial statement also is a reflection of your passion. So when a company says, oh, we love our people, we just love our people, and our people are number one. Our, bless God, our people are number one. And the first thing I say, oh, well, can I see your, your financial statements? <laughs> and then when I see the financial statements, I can determine whether or not they are telling the truth. When a company tells me, oh, we're gonna be a great franchise because we're so innovative, we're cutting edge, and I'm like, let me see your financial statements. And if there's no money in R&D, I can say, oh, you're, big, you're giving lip service, but your heart is not there. Your heart really is in your bonuses, and your heart is really in your financial packages, but your heart is not in R&D, and your heart is not in redevelopment or development of your employees. So your financial statements, for those of you who are word people, if you think about them as a story, as a narrative about your company, it will help you get over so many issues in Roblox. I'm just going to share basic building blocks of 
of money management, financial management for any company. Um, again, you could go to any CPA, you could go to any C- CFO. This I don't try to s- share information on my podcast that's not that's that's not unique, ubiquitous information. I'm going to tell you. Reach out to a, a a CPA, reach out to a financial manager, reach out to a CFO, and they can tell you this in far more depth. I'm not giving you ubiquitous information on a podcast because that's a freaking waste of time. So anyway, but there are four or there are several areas that you need to educate yourself if you want to scale your business well. Number one, budgeting. Budgeting sometimes for a visionary type or a leader of an organization can be a pain in the you know what. But budgeting is critical. Budgeting tell budgeting is the only way you can assess where what you've done and where you're going and what you need to get there, right? So you got to track all of your expenses. You got to be really almost mercenary about that, um, down to the last dime. What where what are we spending where? And that is really critical in the startup phase of a business. You can't just guesstimate. You need to know. Because don't call me up and ask me to franchise your business. I get this all the time. And you have no idea, really, the cost to replicate this business someplace else. You have no real solid idea of of the gas that you're spending and how much money you're spending in transportation and how much money your food is. You're just, you're really not, eh, you think you know, well, maybe, no, honey, no, no. Budgeting is your friend. And if you seek to scale, you've got to master this. And if you're not good at it, bring somebody who is. Bring in some number crunchers like half of my family. You know, they drive me up a wall, but I recognize that I need that help because they're, oh, Kim, what did you spend that on? I want to see all your receipts. And I'm like, they're like receipt. They're like the receipt police. Okay. So that's what you need. That's what you need. Budgeting helps you plan for the future. Budgeting helps you economize. Okay, well, we're spending this much on X. Maybe we can get something cheaper for just, you know, for the same uh, quality someplace else. Let's look at changing our vendors, et cetera, and so forth. That's really important, people. Um, Planning for expansion, you need to budget. Looking at the profit margins, boo, you need to budget. So this is very important. Bookkeeping, a lot of people don't like bookkeeping. If you're not a numbers person, then get a basic bookkeeper. And then you also have booking keeping software out there, something that you need to invest in. And I'm talking to people who are in startup land. You're great. You're brilliant. You are inventors maybe, but you just can't stand this kind of thing. You need to look elsewhere and get help from people who have some level of integrity and who also have some level of competence. Um, and that can actually help you develop the financial part of your business. Because if you don't do this, it isn't going to be impossible for you to scale loves. And it's going to be impossible for you to build the next generation business that actually puts a dent in the universe and helps, um, uh, you know, improve humanity. Bookkeeping. What Again, obtain a business accounting a software. You know, this is important. Make sure your your checking accounts are not bleeding into one another. Um, tracking your sales, depositing all your sales, um, att- obtaining a separate business uh, credit card, uh, paying your business expenses first, running a profit and loss statement, um, and paying yourself when, with an owner's draw. These are basic elements that any, you know, financial manager, CPA, 
CFO with their salt would be able to tell you, but I've thrown that out there so that you you could at least appreciate, oh man, I'm not doing this. Well, maybe I need to reach out to somebody. So just do it. Cash flow. That's the next area. Um, you need to understand um, the balance of your cash received less the amount of cash paid out over a period of time. You have to understand the cash is moving in and out of your business. A lot of people who want to scale their businesses really don't have a solid understanding of their cash flow management. And you can be a business that is very profitable and still run out of cash. You know, you have to understand this. Um, cash flow projections provide uh, an awareness and a visibility needed to avoid liquidity problems. Okay, and I know I sound like an accountant there, uh, and I'm not. It's just I've had to learn myself, and so you've got to understand this. So I want to look at cash flow statements um, uh, more than I sometimes want to look at a P&L statement because a P&L statement can mask shortages in cash flow, particularly if you're using accrual accounting. So you've got to get your head around this. I, I know this is boring for a lot of people, and I don't mean to bore you, but um, you know sometimes the devil is in the details, and you don't want any devils roaming around in your money. Uh, lastly, profit and loss statements. This is um, the best tool for knowing if your business is profitable. Um, a P&L statement measures revenue and expenses over a month, a quarter, or a year. And with it, you know if you've made a profit or if you have incurred a loss. This is really important. So you're looking at sales, the cost of goods sold, gross profit, overhead, and net profit. Again, these are important um, tools in managing your money. And you should not be afraid of these tools. You should not approach pro, approach any of these tools with a fear-based mindset because if you do it's going to paralyze you and you're not going to get it done so you need to recognize that these are just tools and deal with reality as harsh as it might be and move forward not in fear but recognizing that these tools are tools that are going to help me take my business to the next level and scale the way I want so but to land the plane, um, you know, money management is critical. If you're going to create a great business, you need to master basic tools of money management. But one of the greatest issues you need to master is fear and uh, paranoia as it relates to not only the tools that I've just described, but on the macro, your whole relationship with money. That's it, Empire Builders. We have concluded the entire Love and Money series. I really hope and pray that it has benefited you, that you have gained something of value from this podcast series. Again, I try not to give just ubiquitous information. I try to give a unique point of view, um, teach, um, and impart some level of insight that you can't just get anywhere and everywhere out there in podcast land and on the internet. And I hope I've been able to do that. I also want to encourage a dialogue because everybody has different points of view and you might totally disagree with some of the things that I've said. That's okay. You will not be the first. 
You will not be the last. I have very sick, thick skin. I just ask that you do it with respect and some dignity and we can dialogue away. My um, uh, Twitter handle is BizScalePro. I also have a handle for this podcast, BizScale Podcast. You can also call into the station and leave um, a message or a rant. I also have an email address, bizscalepro at gmail.com. So I would love to continue this dialogue offline. Uh, you can also reach out to me and ping me on LinkedIn, Kimberly M. Bonner. Uh, would love to just continue this conversation. I'm, I'm an avid learner. And I love uh, picking people's brains and and getting their different perspectives and insights on things. So I really, really love the challenge of different points of view. And I love to learn from other people. So please reach out to me and uh, let's just continue the conversation. Because the whole point is to create the next generation business that's better than the ones that we built in the past in this country and quite frankly around the world. So with that... Um, I hope you have a wonderful week. Uh, please feel free to share this podcast with people that you think could benefit from it. I don't care if they're in the startup stage, the seed stage, or maybe they, they're they master business owners and they've been in the game for 20, 30 years. I think, honestly, we can all learn, we can all grow, we can all improve. And uh, that's about it. So I hope you have, again, a wonderful week and take care.